Hello everyone. Feels a little like fall outside today. Puts a little spring in your step. I uh, hope that you're enjoying it. Last Wednesday night we took a look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verses 18 through 31. So we covered a pretty big chunk of scripture um, as we continue our work through 1 Corinthians. And what might be best right now, I should have done this the past couple of summaries as well, but to give you an opportunity to read this. I'm just going to focus on kind of thematically um, this chunk of scripture because it, it deals with it deals with the worldly wisdom that is out there as opposed to divine wisdom, wisdom that comes from God. And more specifically, what we're going to deal with, um, what we dealt with last Wednesday night was was the message of Christ, and not just the message of Jesus Christ, but Jesus Christ crucified, and how the world views that and how the followers of Jesus view, view that. We'll also be kind of touching on this a little bit more and wrap up this this section um, in the first part of chapter 2 tomorrow night when we get together, um, and that will be Wednesday the 22nd if you would like to join us. So going back though, it might be a good idea for you to just push pause for a second uh, on this and read chapter 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verses 18 through 31, especially focusing on um, the contrast between the way the world views the cross and the way the followers of Jesus, the way we view the cross. So I'll give you a little bit of time to read that um, and be back, back with you in just a second. Okay, what we're going to kind of begin our focus on here will come in about in about verse 21. And what it is talking about here is is it defines the way the world views the the message of the cross as as foolishness. Um, and this in that day and time was referring to um, it was foolish according to the standard of of Greek wisdom and philosophy. Uh, now, that was a religious world. As a matter of fact, early Christians um, in the first couple of centuries in the Roman Empire were, were labeled atheists because they didn't believe in the gods. They just believed in the God, the one and only God. So it was a religious world, but the way that they came at um, their, their philosophy, religious philosophy, stood completely opposed to what uh, a crucified Lord and Savior, uh, what that stood for. So to them, it was just completely, completely foolishness. And that would be the compared to of, of our day of, of the human secularist, um, those who do not believe in anything um, supernatural or divine. So the thought of of serving someone who who died a horrible death for seemingly no reason uh, and obviously they don't believe that he was resurrected that just seems foolish to them as well so not a whole lot has changed in in a couple thousand years now moving on into verse 22 it talks about how how the Jews versus the Gentiles the Jews look for signs the Gentiles look for wisdom and they don't find this, the, the non-believing Jews as well as the gen, non-believing Gentiles, they don't find this in a crucified Savior. Um, the Jews have, look at the, the, the time of, of Jesus' life here on earth. Look through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and just see how many times Jesus was asked to give a sign for um, the things that he was saying. He spoke with incredibly powerful authority and the, his, his opposition, specifically the religious leaders, wanted to know, where do you have the, where are the signs to back up what you're saying? 
And they would, (laughs) that's the tough thing, because Jesus did give them ample opportunity and ample signs with his miraculous power, but they still wouldn't accept it. Now, on the other side of this, the Gentiles, they they are searching for wisdom. And for them to look at at the Christians, it just befuddled them, because you, you, that's your Savior. This is what they would say to the Christians. That is your Savior, a man who could not even save himself and ended up dying on a cross. So, once again, we see the cross brought in. Into this, move your way into verse 23, and it talks about how the cross is a stumbling block for the Jews, and once again, foolishness for the Gentiles or the Greeks. Now, keep in mind as you read through this, Greek and Gentile are used interchangeably, talking about the exact same people group. So, Let's look just for a moment. We've already talked about the way the Greeks and the and the non-believing Gentiles, what the way they um, they saw the cross. They just saw it as as foolishness. Now the Jews a little bit different. The cross was a stumbling block to them for multiple reasons. The Jews were and non non-Messianic Jews, non-Christian Jews, still today are still looking for a Messiah. And um, if you want to look this up on your own at some point, Isaiah 11, 1 and 2 will give you an example of the, the prophecy that they go to when it comes to the coming, their coming Messiah, looking at the way this Messiah was going to be blessed by God and strengthened by God. Well, they just didn't see that in a Messiah that ended up dying on the cross, and obviously they don't believe uh, that he arose. So that, that magnificent strength of God and the overcome the sting of death, they don't believe in it. So this is just, it's a stumbling block to them. They don't see a Messiah in the way, in any way, of what Jesus brought to the table. They also had a problem with the cross. If you look at Deuteronomy 21, verses 22 and 23, you will see that to the Jews, anyone who is hung on a tree is cursed. And that's exactly what happened to Jesus. Of course, we know that Jesus took the curse of death, the curse of sin upon his shoulders. So he was, in a way, he was cursed. Um, But he overcame that curse because of his holiness and because of his mighty powers as God. So this was a stumbling block to the Jews. They just did not see Jesus as Messiah. Again, like I said, we've already talked about the foolishness of the Greeks, the Gentiles. Now, in verse 24, he contrasts that with the way that followers of Jesus Jesus see the cross. They see the cross completely differently. They see the cross as the power and the wisdom, more specifically, Jesus crucified, Jesus as the power and wisdom of God. Not only was Jesus powerful, not only was he wise, he was wisdom and power of God personified. Now, this this word power, is a, it's a great word in the Greek, and it's, it's this, it's dunamis. That might sound a little familiar to you. It's the word that we get dynamite from, uh, obviously something that has a lot of power. That Greek word signified something miraculous, something supernatural, a power that was beyond human beings. And that is the type of power it took to free us as followers of Jesus from the grip of death, to conquer death and set us free from its grip. Now, the wisdom of God, um, and, and that, that's also another interesting Greek word. It's, the, the word is Sophia, um, and uh, it, it has to do with, with uh, it's, it's spoken of in the Septuagint, which is the Greek version of the Hebrew Bible, often in the book of Proverbs. And, and this wisdom is speaking of the wisdom of God. 
and think about it for just a moment. Who else besides God could come up with this plan? That God himself would come to earth as God, but also as a human. This has never been done. The incarnation was a -a one-of-a-kind thing. Never done before, never to be done again. And he came here, he lived here, he lived past every test that could be thrown at him, lived a perfectly righteous life, and his reward for that was to die on a cross and through that death conquer the sting of our death, our, the wages of sin, Romans 3.23, Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. This plan, who in the world could come up with a plan like this other than God? The plan of the gospel. So, that there's a little bit more to this to this chunk of scripture than that, but that is the main focus of it. Um, Paul, as we see not only from 1 Corinthians, but his other writings as well, is Paul was here to preach the gospel, and the centerpiece of the gospel was Jesus came to die. He had to die, or he never could have conquered death and been raised again by the incredible power of Him, the Holy Spirit, and God the Father. Um, So, uh, that's one thing to remember. The way he kind of wraps this up, um, a little bit more about this plan, and the perfection of this plan, is this plan will never allow us, as you read the last part of chapter 1, it will never allow us to, as followers of Jesus, to fall into the trap of taking any of the credit ourselves. This is something that was so far beyond us. It's something that is so impossible for any human being. Our being in Christ comes from God. God is the one who has done and will do all of the heavy lifting. Therefore, if we are going to take pride or brag about anything, we brag, we boast of the power of our God. And um, that's how he kind of starts to wrap up this section. We'll see a little bit more about that in the beginning of chapter 2. Hope you can join us tomorrow night. Class will be at 7 o'clock. Again, that is October. feels like October outside. It'll be September 22nd at 7 p.m. We'll have a meal before that at 6 o'clock. Have classes for all ages. as, a, as well as the class that we're asking you to come and join us in. Uh, and we will jump into the first part, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Hope you can join us. Hope you're having a good day.